Hi, this is Shannon from SIS, the number four teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us today with our blog on additive multiplicative comparison. I would bet by now that you and your students are part whole problem pros. It must be time to enter the world of comparison problems using visual models. Some teachers are confused by additive and multiplicative comparison problems, thinking of them as just part-whole multi-step problems. The comparison bars that you'll use in visual models for this types of problems are even problems that are sometimes called additive comparison bars, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to add or subtract in the problem. We also have multiplicative comparison problems, which look just as intimidating, I think, as they sound, but which would really feature the idea of multiplication and division and even addition and subtraction. Makes sense, right? These comparison genres of problem solving is not just part whole multi-step. While they might feature multiple steps, they're marked really more as comparison problems as you're going to be comparing two or more entities. Additive comparison problems really begin in about early first grade. Students start off with looking at an amount compared to someone else who has more or less than them and try to figure out how many more or how many less they have. The language of additive comparison word problems. The language of additive comparison word problems honestly is very confusing to a young learner. When you ask how many more does Jane have than Bill, they look at you like, what? Am I supposed to add or do you want me to subtract? No, this is not to signal that whether they're really supposed to compare. And if we understood the visual models, we could help really in the language of the additive comparison problems to become much more clear. We start with proportional bars, sort of lining them up like blocks. You actually could see them how many more or less there are. Let's take this problem for example. Jane has five apples, Bill has two apples. How many more does Jane have than Bill? There would be five squares to represent Jane apples. Then Bill would have his bar, the second bar underneath, showing that he has two. That it's really not the same bar as Jane's, but one has more and one has less. If you were on the same bar, there really would be no way to compare the two numbers because you'd just be adding the total to show that they have seven. So you put the question mark in the space below the three extra squares or apples to indicate that they're needed to be in this amount. You could also ask the question a different way. Jane still has five apples, Bill has two apples. How many less apples does Bill have? This can really be confusing to students as they're listening to that language, but drawing the bars can really help them clarify. Remember, it's about matching up the two amounts that are belonging to each person in the story to show that they have the same amount or counting how many less, in this case, that Bill has. The question mark really goes in the same place, but it's for what it represents, what it means. Is it different in the question based on what it's being asked? Traditionally, the basic level of problem solving, we might have a T-chart, let's say a vocabulary that might go for an addition problem. If you see the words more or altogether or some, or maybe for subtraction, kids look for clue words like difference or how many more. That kind of is a cheat sheet just really isn't helpful when solving comparison problems because the language is more complex than just a right there, add or subtract. As comparison problems progress, the language starts to change from just comparing one entity to another and looking for more and less as we start to solve different parts of a given problem for its totals. Maybe it gives you the given one part or even the total. So an example like this reads different. Jane and Bill 
have seven apples in all. If Jane has five, how many does Bill have? You're still comparing the two amounts, but you're getting kids to kind of see this. This really gives the total and the part for the student to solve and maybe looks differently. With this progression of language, we also want students to eventually start to use non-proportional representations as well. An additive comparison bundle that we have for you is a download for the classroom, which follows really the same kind of progression. We start with the idea of more and less, and then we move the kids on a bit further. Connecting additive comparison to algebra. Once you're beyond just comparing more and less, I think the best way that kids can make this transition to non-proportional representation is by getting them to use the bar that's the same length in the story for the character then reading the problem all the way through. Once they've had those equal bars, you can manipulate or set them up in the problem. Let's say John and Connor have eight golf balls. John has three more golf balls than Connor. How many golf balls does Connor have? Putting in the two bars that belong to both John and Connor, the beginning is really X, if you were gonna think about it in algebraic terms. We don't know how many they had, we know that John had three times more than Connor. So we're going to add the non-proportional unit that would make John's really his bar grow by three. We have a bracket that can kind of show that maybe the total of all of their bars equals 11, and then we can put the question mark next to Connor's box. Once this, once this is set up, I can look at the information and really see that I've actually used all. I know the total is 11, that John has three more, so I must have to subtract the three to get the total, which leads me to eight. I know I have two units that are now equal to eight, so I can determine that each is worth four, and Connor has four golf balls. If you think about algebra, this really looks more like 2x plus 3 equals 11. This is one of the biggest epiphanies that I've ever had with doing additive comparison problems, was really the connection in algebra. In middle school, i be honest, I memorized procedures with concepts I certainly didn't understand, which is partly why I do what I do today. And I remember writing down formulas, storing in my graphing calculator, because I thought if I remembered the formula, I would at least get the correct answer. Nobody ever drew pictures to help me use algebra tiles or make any connection for what I was doing with my second grade problems that was actually algebra. For example, in the problem like 2x plus 3 equals 11, she would say, okay, do the opposite. It's a, now subtract 3. And I needed to, to get x alone, but I never knew why. I wondered, why do I have to get x alone? I really understood this. But just like math, as I was able just to get the answer, it was not until I understood additive comparison models that I understand we were solving for x. It totally made sense. The reason why I needed to subtract 3, I now knew why I had to get x alone so I could figure out how many golf balls Connor had. Of course, that's what my teacher was saying, but visually I had zero understanding of what she was talking about. I'm sure I would have understood algebra a whole lot better if I had it really a picture of it in my head, which is certainly why algebra tiles and things with visual models are really helpful for kids to understand the types of problems. The whole premise for additive comparison problems is to really lay the foundation for the early algebraic understanding. Students can actually write algebraic equations 
Or as I've done with my audiences, I've had them create a model drawing based on the context of our story. Or they can use uh, really this visual model to create the story or do it the opposite by seeing the problem-based way of looking at seeing the model to see what the problem actually asked. It's really designed to help your students to understand the different parts of how to make sense of them. So I think using the Professor Barbell additive comparison poster and hanging it in your classroom would be a great reference for students to use, especially since additive comparison problems are the number one word problem genre that stumps students because they don't understand what's being asked. Multiplicative comparison, the next step. If you thought the language of additive comparison problems was tricky, just the name of this next problem is enough to make you scratch your head. Most people, especially students, have no idea what multiplicative comparison really means. However, if kids are the foundation of understand additive comparison, they know more than they think. Multiplicative comparison bars actually start early in third grade, as early as third grade, and the problem will read something like this. If A is 2 and B is 2 times as big as A, how big is B? Kids hear that kind of language and think, what? One of the best tools that you can help students to use the language of multiplicative comparisons is using one-inch square tiles, which I'm going to feature in this tutorial video on our multiplicative comparison bundle. The most effective visual I've used for third, fourth, and fifth graders to help them really get the concept of multiplication is actually using a copy machine. We take a class field trip to the copy machine, which they think is pretty cool, and we talk about how if I were to have two units and I wanted to see two times as many, what would that look like? I might put two one-inch square tiles on the glass, close the lid, and type two copies, which means I want it to see it two times. I ask them what they think will come out. Some say two because they just didn't understand, but when I pushed the button, they saw the copies come out and it was like a light bulb went off. We were talking about, some kids were talking about two more, but we're really talking about two times as many or two copies as many. So I know I'm gonna spit out four one inch square tiles. We did the example with one inch square tiles in the glass. Let's say A is one and three and, and B is three times as big as A. How many copies do I want? Three. So I hit the button three times and the kids would, as predicted, see the three units would be created. Making your students understand the language of problems before we start to enter into scenarios is super important. As students start to get this, they will understand it with the language and of course, we'll always use those one inch square tiles if they're needed. Let's look at another problem. Molly has three times as many books as Julie. Altogether, they have 20 books. How many does Molly have? Kids have to be able to think about what the problem looks like. How can we really make Molly have three times as many? Well, I have to be able to put in one unit for Julie, but then replicate that three times for Molly. So Molly would then have three units compared to Jane's one. That represents what the wording is really saying. Now I know the total is 20. I know that all four units that we're looking at equals 20. Therefore, how much does one unit equal? One unit must equal five. So pretty easily we can see that Molly has three units. Each is worth five, so she has a total of 15 books. Milking the problems for all it's worth. I always love to milk the problems for all it's worth. My friend Char Forrest, an author of the step-by-step -step model drawing book, 
always says, milk the problem for all it's worth. I could extend that question about Molly and Jane and ask how many more books does Molly have than Jane? That's putting a question mark in a different spot before you put the question mark at the end of Molly. Now we're really comparing her and her friend to see how many more she has. In this case, we know the answer would be 10. If you're part of our M cubed, you've got it made. You can show parts of the video tutorial, including the word, it's in our word bundle to your class. You could have them use the one inch square tiles with the exercises that I've laid out for you. Make word problems come to life in your classroom. You can download the PowerPoint presentation or even edit it to make different problems if you want to, to meet the needs of your particular students. Teaching virtually, one inch square tiles is super easy to create if you don't have them already at home. Um, or they can use a virtual manipulatives like the square tiles from Didex, or they could even use cereal crackers or even post-it notes, anything they could do to replicate the understanding of multiplicative comparison. The last two genres of word problems when we combine additive and multiplicative comparison, and the last one is fractions. We'll be featuring that later in the school year because of the complexity. For now, download the additive comparison in uh, multiplicative comparison bundles and go build your students' foundation for problem solving. Thanks so much for joining us.